1: Hey, good afternoon. Scott Luton, Greg White with you here on Supply Chain Now. Greg, how are we doing today?
0: I am stoked, Scott. <laughs> I cannot wait for this episode. This is someone we talk about all the time. We hold up as a leader, and I know she's going, oh my gosh, what do I have to live up to? But look, the beauty of it is just being her is enough. And what an incredible example of leadership. I won't say any more than that. Excellent. Excellent.
1: Well, you know, Saturday Night Live used to have a skit entitled Bill Brasky, and it was a folks around the, the bar kind of telling these big tales about this legendary figure called Bill Brasky. And in, in the seventh-rate skit in that same season, he shows up. Bill Brasky shows up, and that's kind of it's kind of what we have here today. Sandra yeah. Quillen with Mondelez International is here with us live here momentarily, so stay tuned for what promises to be one of our best live streams in recent memory. So. All right. So, Greg, let's do a little housekeeping before we, we we roll out the red carpet. You ready?
0: Let's do. Yes. Got so, my duster.
1: <laughs> uh, so Monday uh, on the Supply Chain Buzz, we featured a really a home run guest and Elliot Page with one of the world's leading, busiest, most successful airports, key supply chain infrastructure. Hartsville Jackson Atlanta International Airport. So today we focused or we published the replay of that episode. So you can find that wherever you get your podcast from. Be sure to subscribe for free. So you don't miss a single conversation, right?
0: Ton of incredible knowledge there. We got to come full circle on a discussion we had prior to COVID about some freight expediting techniques that this airport is using. And man, were they put to the test? Were they not Oh, he and and he took any, any question, any yeah. any
1: question the folks had, Elliot was uh he is a smooth operator. So y'all check out that uh episode. We invite you to re-listen to that conversation. And we just published our latest webinar. This is gonna be a cool one, uh, Greg. You know, we've done hundreds of webinars going back for years. This is the first time in recent memory that that we've really focused on uh supply chain security, especially in that ICT space, uh information and communications technology. So yeah. critical discussion to be had, right?
0: Well, as we start to branch out into all things business, right, not just supply chain, but digital transformation in all of this is a huge part of the supply chain. We're constantly talking about security and communication. So this is a huge part of the supply chain and will come into greater focus as the supply chain has found greater, what should I say, limelight, right, <laughs> in industry.
1: Well said. And of course, Kevin L. Jackson will be leading the session. He leads our digital transformer series and we have partnered with uh, the, really the voice of that industry, the telecommunications industry association, TIA, uh, to bring that to you. So y'all check that out. You can register for free. You can go to the website. It's already been published and join us. And then finally, uh, our nonprofit making it happen for second yeah.
0: quarter that we want to spotlight is good360.org. Right, Greg? We learned a lot about product in philanthropy with our good friend, Claudia Freed, right? And her organization and good 360 is a a broader based initiative, a very similar thing, taking products that have our cast offs or, or surplus and putting them to good use for people in need. Incredible impact that they're having around the globe. Agreed. $700 million
1: in product distributed to families and, and, and folks in need in 2020 alone. 37-year track record. Check them out, good360.org, and uh, they're doing great work. Okay, well, let's say hello to a few folks, and then we're going to welcome in our wonderful guests here today. Let's see here. Ron. Man, Rhonda is here early today. Yeah. She, she joins about halfway through. Great to see you.
0: I mean, what time is it in Phoenix? Yeah,
1: <laughs> 9 o'clock. She gets a, uh, a check by her name. Yes, today. that's right. Present. Present. <laughs> Rose is with us via LinkedIn great to see you Rose Kuldeep is also via a LinkedIn uh great to see you here today Peter Bolay and he's everywhere he's managing projects he's talking supply chain talking leadership welcome welcome today Peter hrnevis is back hello again from India hey, hey. uh, hrnevis Shrine- we were talking a couple times this week about um gosh the food delivery I want to say uh not Baba Wallace. Well, I'm, get, I'm getting a name in wrong. In India, yes, in Mumbai oh. in particular, and it's one of the most efficient logistics organizations on the globe. Really? Uh, yes. Harvard did a study back in 2010, I believe, and they officially deemed them that they were operating at a six sigma rate of performance. And and companies. In 2010. Yes, it must be stellar by now. Richard Branson, one of your favorites, flew in yep. and spent a whole day with. I've got to look up uh, Amanda. See if you can. Shoot me that name. I want to get it right, but fascinating. So anyway, Trinevis, welcome to the conversation. Great to have you here via LinkedIn. Let's see here, Kavan, Kavan, the wordsmith and practitioner with the new abnormal. That's right, Ben Harris. I'm glad someone else recognized that that skit from SNL. So great to have you back with us, Ben. Clay, of course, Clay and Amanda behind the scenes, along with Ali, that's making it happen, producing today's episode daba wallace not baba wallace daba wallace oh uh, okay. that's, that's the phrase the system uh clay says i was close i um, messed around with a few consonants here you got the, the wall right <laughs> the hang is with us uh, i believe from china uh for the yeah. third or fourth live stream great to see you via linkedin and hello to everyone else we got an awesome conversation teed up here today so with no further ado greg are we ready to get down to work
0: well, I'd love a little more ado since they're since it's about Sandra. But no, let's
1: let her talk. <laughs> All right. On that note, let's welcome in Sandra McQuillan, Executive Vice President and Chief Supply Chain Officer with Mondelēz International.
2: Hey, hey, hey. swooshed in. That's
1: right, <laughs> Sandra. Such a pleasure to have you back. Uh, not only you know there, there's several check boxes here. We love our repeat guests. But we love even more so repeat guests that are, uh, as Greg was saying on the pre-show, indeed legendary. You know, folks you know that, that influence a word, as we talk about a lot, is thrown around all over the place these days. You've got those, but then you've got folks that when they speak and weigh in on issues, the world truly listens. And, of course, that's that's the category you're in. So, Sandra, welcome to Supply Chain Now.
2: <laughs> Thank no you, pressure, Sandra. No pressure, Joel.
1: <laughs> well, you know what? We're gonna we're gonna make that pressure evaporate because we're gonna have a little bit of fun on the front end. Yeah. Oh. So, Greg, we were we had a great conversation yesterday with Mike Griswold. And we were talking beer because yesterday, Sandra, I didn't know this until we we're doing a little homework. Yesterday was National Beer Day. So to start with the, the tough questions first, tell us what is your favorite beer
0: or adult beverage?
2: It's a stout touch its Guinness.
0: Oh, my gosh.
2: Mm, I love a pint of Guinness. And it's a pint, not a half. I, I love a pint of Guinness. <laughs> there you um, go. I mean, I married an Irishman anyway, so I was always bound to be there. But also, I think it's medicinal because it has so much iron in it. You know? <laughs> so I, I clearly <laughs> take it for the health benefits, not for the Of apple. course
0: you do. Yeah. Of course you do. <laughs> and, and the shot of Jameson while you wait for the foam to dissipate.
2: Also,
1: talking about Greg. Well, one more follow up question before we kind of change gears. You know, I think my father in law has about 12 different locations around their property, it's perfect for drinking adult beverage. Is there one place that comes to mind where you've really enjoyed that pint of Guinness?
2: Yes, actually, and this is actually. In my pool floating on the pink flamingo. Uh, that's exactly because the sun just comes in nicely and it's not too hot but it's very relaxing and if I'm lucky I can have the Guinness in one hand and I can have a book in another and that's just lovely. So,
0: love it. Yeah. All right Greg, where are we going next? Can I sound can I give an opinion because yeah. I love Guinness as well? Yeah. The Two Brewers in Windsor up at the top of the hill just before you get to the long walk in Windsor yeah. if you've ever been there Sandra. It's
2: yes, a have. Yeah.
0: We had our office down right on the Thames, right before you cross the bridge into Eton, And I felt like it was good exercise because it was uphill all the way to two brewers and quite a long walk.
2: Yeah, so you're working it off before you drink it. It's great.
0: That's right. That's right. And then on the way back, it's downhill, so it's stumbling distance. And we had gotten so familiar with the, with the pubkeeper there that I had a very particular place that I sat and it was next to the fireplace. So he would make me stoke the fire with coal okay in, in the fireplace but it that it's makes a guinness great. coal and iron does make guinness taste quite a lot better
2: right you know i, I, I do <laughs> i love going back to, to i've actually been to the guinness factory in dublin which was amazing because it's also amazing from an automation point of view in terms of yeah. you don't see it really uh, but then you get to taste it afterwards which was really cool <laughs>
0: Well, so let's talk about the perfect time to drink a Guinness in the States, particularly, I think, which is spring because it's such a heavy beer or stout that it's it's perfect for a little bit cooler weather, but it does give you that little ray of sunshine. So spring is sprung here, at least in Atlanta. And as you think about spring, what are some of your favorite outdoor activities?
2: So I love hiking, really Uh love hiking actually. And running but more hiking these days and obviously in the pool which is fantastic catching up with friends Uh, when you see the sun out I always also go to a um actually that little table that you sit at with your mates and you have a glass of white wine or a red wine what white wine when it's hot that that for me the combination of your friends and your family around you and and that one glass of whatever I just say one glass of whatever you have is perfect for me I, I love the weather here when it's like this yeah
0: I think we all love the way you live already, so
1: <laughs> well, yeah, thank you. As T-Squared weighs in, nice intersection, pubs and procurement, sourcing <laughs> yes. quality.
0: It. Yeah, I wonder, have you ever done any... <laughs> <laughs> Any supply chain discussions or negotiations at a pub. Have you ever of done course. that? Of
2: course. They're not that they're not necessarily brilliant. But, but,
0: <laughs> but they seem like it at the time, don't they?
2: It was the best conversation i have ever had. Yeah. In fact, we had a whole supply chain. When I worked in Mars, we had a whole supply chain conference at the Dublin Brewery. So you can imagine how good that was in the evening.
0: <laughs> wow. At the brewery.
2: Yeah, the brewery it was fun. I'm
0: signed up for that one already. <laughs> yeah. Well, let's talk a little bit about let's talk some supply chain. But look, you are I can verify that you are one of the most highly esteemed chief supply chain officers in on the globe because we esteem you very highly all the time <laughs> and nobody disagrees with us, Sandra. So, you've done some great things at a lot of companies, Kimberly Clark and Mars and now at Mondelēz. But what is one of the favorite your favorite aspects of what you do or the impact that you're able to have?
2: If you look at what we do in supply chain, we have the, we're, we're the biggest people organization that there is in any company, and we sometimes don't think about it like that. Um, I hadn't
0: thought about it like that. Yeah, that.
2: You look at we've got fifty four thousand people in Mondelez who sit in supply chain and supply chain, wow. is procurement, manufacturing, and logistics. And I know it varies by by some places, but um, right. 54,000 people who sit in that area. So we have we have this huge responsibility to make sure we connect as well as we can through or or directly with them to to and I love that connection that listening that hearing what people are doing even if you can't visit which is like the last year you can still connect virtually and it's wonderful what people will share with you. And I think as I've matured in my career that's the bit that really inspires me when you see what you do impacting hopefully positively those people who are in your organisation and to have the you know to have the privilege to and the and the, the responsibility to make sure that what you do works well for fifty four thousand people, I think is a is a huge, huge honor and also something that I love because together with the team, you don't do it on your own, but together with your team, you can then cascade that through. But that's probably the most important thing. And we you're right, we don't think about it, you know, yeah. we often don't go with the biggest people organization, but we are.
0: Man, I that is that's an awakening. You know what's interesting is we often tout a number Some numbers like Harvard Business Review identified that in the U.S. alone, 44 million supply chain professionals as of 2018, that was 37 percent of the working population were in were in supply chain. So if you extrapolate that globally, Sandra, that's over 700 million people potentially. Yeah. Now, i can't say that the numbers extrapolate directly but,
2: but it's a let's
0: challenge. let's cut it by a couple hundred million and say 500 million people around the globe are are engaged in supply chain
2: yeah
0: you're right and i can't believe that never struck me like that
2: before. No, we just don't think because we think about it as making you know buying stuff making stuff selling
0: moving things, stuff. stuff yeah
2: and actually you, it's more about the people than it is about the the, the, of course, the products and packaging and all that sort of stuff, and really important. But it's about the people, and at the other end, it's about the consumer, who happens to be a person. So if you start, dis, if you start disconnecting it, and you're like, well, "What's my life really about?" Well, my life's really about stuff with people. It's great, you know.
1: Agreed. With the team, with the yeah. team. I, I love that phrase you used. Absolutely. You know, one other thing we're we'll talking about the global supply chain professional community. We were talking with a technology organization earlier this week. And one of their supply chain team members is doing big things, right? His uh, educational background is in fine arts and classical arts. Mm-hmm. And it really, when we sat there and talked about that for a minute, because we all win when we're bringing a wide diversity of, of talent and views and, and perspective into the industry. And and it really, in that moment, it really perfectly illustrated that. So so I want to shift gears. You know, Sandra's as shit on the front end, we really enjoyed a variety of conversations with you and in and, and, and some cases, your teams in previous episodes. And yeah. I had a great chance to um, to sit down with you kind of one on one in a private conversation and and kind of hear some of the things that you're really that's really got your attention right now. And I'm, I'm sure you've got probably seven full plates right out of uh, camera view that you're that, you know, you're charged with. But you really narrowed that down to three buckets, I'll, I'll call them. We love that phrase around here because it's a great visual. Yeah. The first one was diversity and inclusion. Yeah. So shed a little leadership perspective around this vital aspect of, of business and in society today.
2: Yeah, so I'm going to start from a different place on this. And I know we've got people from around the, the globe who are on, I think. So of course, everybody who's Anybody we know about the horrors that have happened here with African-American people and now with Asian-American people. But let me, let me, they're completely unacceptable. And let me put that a little bit to, to one side on the, this DEI piece as well. I have an absolutely firm belief that you won't be successful unless you as a leader are challenged and unless you actually have people in your team who are going to challenge you, but have ex- incredible experiences Cultural, or travel, or work, or their backgrounds that are different than yours that can they can bring to the conversation because it may not be over what they say, but what they'll have been through as an experience will have framed how they feel uh, or Mm -hmm. what they do. And I think you need that, particularly as you go up through the organisation and get teams to to work to to do what what everybody thinks we should be doing. You really need to have that healthy tension that, no, I don't agree, that challenge, you know, and you need people there who can do that. And that takes, you know, that takes time, but that is diversity for me. And I, I don't want all women in my team. I don't want all men in my team. I want, I want the shift that's the gender, that's the background, that's the cultural, that's the race, you know, us Brits are different than the North Americans. We say we speak the same language, but we don't um, because our experiences have been different. I mean, I've tried to buy stuff in shops and it's like, whoa, okay. People listen to my accent, they don't hear what I say, you know, which is really funny. But equally well, in America, Americans coming to England would be the same. So you need that experience so people can say, hang on, that won't work in that plant or that won't do that. So that that for me... DEI is the, the output is that you get a really strong, cohesive risk facing into and not concerned or conservative. You get those conversations. And I, I think we're getting there, and my team is amazing. And we're getting there in, in my team around people just saying what they think. And that's what you need that authenticity, that, that background that that brings.
1: Love that. And, and we're seeing a lot more action to address that and, and to make it happen, as you're pointing to, Greg. What's some
0: of what you heard there? Distinct point of view, right? When you have that, th- that diversity of culture, of thought, of gender, of race, of whatever, uh, you get that distinct point of view of how people have lived their lives. And it's even that. I mean, it could just be that you've lived your life differently than some other white person or whatever, right? Yeah. That, dis- that distinct point of view is, is really, really important. And it's so productive. Right, I was fortunate to grow up in a multicultural family anyway, so it's kind of I don't know, it's kind of second nature for me to embrace that. But I think if if it's not natural for you to embrace it, enjoy the you know enjoy the pleasure and the and the solution and the resolution that it can bring for sure.
2: Mm-hmm. I mean, and also just just push a little bit on this one because. It's easy to recruit or work with people who think like you do. Really easy. And and sometimes I have to say I get up in the morning and I think I wish I had a load of yes people who worked in my team. It would be so much <laughs> But thankfully I don't because we get to a better solution with uh with all the, the great people who work in my team, you know. But but actually it takes more, it's more exciting and more rewarding. To, to find the people that you think, gosh, that's going to rub me up a bit, but am I mature enough? Am I self-aware enough to be able to deal with that, you know, rather than mm, they're just not going to fit because they're not going to say they're not going to be like me or think like me. We don't want you don't want people who think like you. You want the difference. And then, of course, you know, you hopefully you collectively make the call on where you go. But actually, maybe not. Maybe in the end you have to, to, to call it. But I think that's that's really fun. <laughs> yeah. take a
0: step back every time and say are they right
2: yeah
0: right i mean if you think about that not not presume they're wrong say are they right
2: yeah
0: right and could they be right and that's a great great perspective to tackle that
2: make sure i think the thing in that for me i had an experience this week we were doing some reviews on uh with andrea turner who's my head of global logistics and her team who are fantastic they're doing some amazing stuff and there was, there was a very small thing. I'll tell you how silly it is. There was very, a very small thing that they called this, this process that they were in and they were running uh, a word that I couldn't really understand, you know, in terms of how did that make it easy? So they used the word capability for a part of a process and a tool. And I was like, mm, not sure, does that really work? And then I, they went through it again this week and I went, you guys were so spot on. We've got a lack of capability in this space. So you were ahead of the game on that one in terms of where you go. So I think also looping back and making sure people know that, yeah, you were right. And yeah, it might not have been a right, wrong conversation, but gosh, good for you for sticking to your guns. You know, it was um, really, I think that's also important as a as a person, particularly in supply chain, because we try so many things. Some will work and some won't, but it's okay if it doesn't, or it's okay if you get it wrong, just go back, you know.
1: Yeah. So, Sandra, I'm getting texts, we're getting comments on what <laughs> you're sharing, just like we we knew we what would.
0: Exactly what we expected,
1: uh, and we still have two more buckets uh, yeah. that we're going to they are going to work, work through here today. So and then really, you asked
2: me for the five hundred things that I would do as a supply chain officer. Right,
0: <laughs> you, right. You know, <laughs> so this is uh, we should probably warn the community. This is going to be a seven-hour show. It's going to be lovely. Like a- It's going to be like a telethon for supply chain. There we go.
1: Well, I'm going to, I'm going to share a couple of comments really quick, but, but one quick aside, I know that we've shared with our community how much we love Sandra's perspective, but, but here for the first time live, I'm hoping they pick up on one of my favorite things about you, which is how genuine and authentic you are when you're sharing. And we don't get, you know, I'll, from my point of view, we don't get that oftentimes in those senior levels of leadership. And it's like, we're, As Greg says, we're sitting around a kitchen table, you know, breaking bread, uh, talking shop, and that is so genuine. Yeah, having a Guinness. Having a Guinness. That
2: would be good. We'll have to do that at some point. (laughs)
1: Soon. So let's share. uh, Shrineva says, supply chain management system is teamwork. And how you feel that working along with other professionals. I love that.
2: Yeah. Let's
1: see. I see. a a, Peter, I'm trying to circle back to your question once we work through a couple other.
2: Can I just make a comment on that? Sure. I think it's, it's, it's right about the professionals, but don't forget the people in there, you know, because I think sometimes in that, you know, I think, I think it's, you're spot on Srini, is it Srini or
1: Srinivas Shrini? is, is, I may be mispronouncing
2: it, but uh, no, 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 I think, I think, you're pronu- well, I don't know. It's Srinivas's name, isn't it? <laughs> but anyway, you'll tell us if we're wrong. I think you're absolutely spot on. Supply chain management system is a teamwork. It has to be. And that, yes, we're professionals. Actually, I think nowadays, the bigger piece is by the time we get there, we're professionals because we've learned and you get the job because you're, you are you know, you haven't, you're doing it, you know, and you're doing it well, otherwise you wouldn't mm. get it. I think the bit that's even more important now is to make the teamwork is that how do you work with people, you know, that people connectivity in a team, because if you, you could be a bunch of professionals, but you're not talking to people in the right way, or you're not connecting as a human being, human to human, you'll miss all that. It'll become a, let's just deliver what we need to deliver versus mm-hmm. gosh, how can we take this and make it exciting and fun and get more, you know, just to, just to build on what you've said. Mm,
1: well said. And Amanda Clay, I'd love to know who this LinkedIn user is, but you can feel the passion from Sandra completely mm-hmm. agree. Completely agree. Todd Rains. uh, one of Greg's dear friends, says, it's a great point to take a step back and remove yourself or your viewpoint and see the bigger picture from a grander perspective. Tough to remove the ego. uh, I completely agree. Todd.
2: It is, actually. Todd, that's a really great point. And actually, I think it comes, you know, if you you have to work on yourself to be able to do that, because you could fall for the for the nonsense of you're more senior than X, Y, and Z, and therefore, but that's just judgment. That's not actually about really trying to do anything, if you ask me. That's more about I need to feel better than X, Y, or Z, so I'm going to feel better, and that's and I'm more senior. I think if you can... I don't have a lot of time. Everybody's got ego, but I don't have a lot of time or space for the ego coming first through the door <laughs> and yeah. following behind. You know, <laughs> I, I never, I never really have, but to get over that yourself, you have to work on what can I let go? It doesn't really matter. You know, I don't have to work with this, you know,
1: love it. I, I hear sometimes this phrase, you know, is it going to matter in a hundred years? Yeah. And move on, you yeah. know? So yeah. yeah, as Leah says, growth, cannot happen within comfort stepping out of your own bubble of culture influence mindset is very uncomfortable yes. but it definitely adds a genuine layer to leadership you can better help others develop in areas they may not they might not even think they can thrive in yeah. excellent excellent completely, point there
2: completely agree and it is even and, more so now with our virtual world that we've been in that we take the time to to do that and to connect even more because yeah you know, by by default you, know, you can just say how are you and move on but if you can go well tell me how you really are how's the family how's this you know you can take that extra two minutes you may get much more to connect people with as well so I do believe more I think that the, what we've been through in the last year or so which isn't over yet I think this will bring us more and more thank goodness into basically the whole EQ part of a of being a leader and I think that's growing so much more because we're 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 clever. Human beings are really clever. If we don't feel valued for who we are, then why are we going to do anything more? I think now this is I'm hoping maybe maybe not yet, but th- this is really key. You can be as technically brilliant as you can be. But if you can't make it work with people, then what's the point? You know?
1: Love that. All right. So we've got uh, by my count. Let's see. here. Let me get my math. 17. Uh, 17- T-shirt isms already Greg and Sandra. So I love that if you can't do it with the people, what is, I mean,
2: what's the point? (laughs)
1: What is the point? Don adds, he loves what Todd Rains mentioned. The egos can definitely prevent constructive growth in an organization. Okay. So Greg, before we move on to, we're going to be talking about sustainability and and really taking care of the planet next final thought here in this, in this really important DEI diversity, equity, and inclusivity
0: space. Well, look, if, if if you can't get over this, if you can't get over all of this diversity and equity and inclusion for any other reason, do it for selfish reasons. As as Sandra just said, you will be better for it. You'll be better served for it. Your organization will be better for it. And eventually, you will find in your heart, in your mind that that it is great for you. It's great for everybody else. But look, let's face it, we're selfish human beings. We are often ego and self-driven. So just try it, right? Mm. I, I would just encourage everyone to try it. It is so enlightening. It's so uplifting um, and it's so effective. Mm. Agreed.
1: And and it's so needed, so dearly, dearly needed. Okay. Let's talk about moving from uh, that kind of first bucket to the second one. We know that you and the Monolith team have been dedicated to driving sustainability gains. Yeah. And, you know, in that last meeting, that, that one-on-one I had with you, Sandra, I can't find my notes. I misplaced them, but Excellent. I think you said something. 17 like, like the pages of notes is missing somewhere, <laughs> <Sandra."> <laughs> The dogs. Hey, but you said it's about more than just neutral is one of the uh, yeah. phrases i took. So talk to us about what yeah. folks really need to know um, and, and your perspective on sustainability.
2: Yes, Definitely. Well, actually, one of the reasons I I went to one of the things that tips you over the tipped me over the edge for for moving to Mondelēz was sustainability. Because if you look at the the um, the focus and the purpose, it's about empowering people to snack right. And when I see snack right, for me, that also means how are we making the products, and how are we distributing them, and how we you know what's in them, um, all that that kind of thing. Um, so it, it's a huge context for me, and was something I was really really interested in and basically you end up you know you end up then making a choice on does this meet my values you know is this actually something that that I feel I can I can live and and breathe so that's that you're right it's very important in Mondelez and we're so focused on it we're also focused on doing it in a way and certainly this fits with my values authentically so you know there are some great aspirational statements out there from people and i absolutely believe that that that's the right thing to do but sometimes they're a bit too aspirational so what's it grounded in and what are you going to do and for me we talk about everybody talks about being neutral in terms of you know the the planet and making sure i actually think and i've talked to my team a little bit about this not a little bit, but a lot. Is how do we become a positive influencer on the planet? What can we do? And I don't. I don't mean that means we we change completely our technology or our stuff. But how do we? Can we, in our little microcosms that we sit in, in a country, can we positively give back in some shape or form through technology or or whatever else there might be in terms of what we do? And then that would feel really. That's business really becoming. You know, it's not a charity, of course, and it, but it's it's something that you can feel proud of, of, you know, this water circulation that we did. It's now drinking water for somebody, you know, and that's that's a positive step forward. So that's that's the way I tend to think of it is, and how do we go, why, why would we just be neutral? Can we do anything to be positive in terms mm-hmm. of, of what we do on our footprint? Uh, because it's clearly, whatever you believe in global warming, it, it's clearly not, there's something not right, you know? Right. It it
0: doesn't matter if you believe it or not. It doesn't hurt to do something positive. That's the way I look at it, right? Who cares about, who cares? I mean, of course, believe it or don't, and there are plenty of people on both sides, but it it doesn't hurt to do the right thing. When when I was raised, I was taught you pack out what you pack in, right? You know, it's simple things. It's simple things. I, I have often called parents accidental environmentalists. Turn off the light when you leave the room. Don't leave the water running when you brush your teeth. I mean, it's simple things like that that we hopefully impart to younger generations, and that they extrapolate and grow on to see the bigger impact of yet bigger things.
2: Mm. I'm not sure I've quite got there with my 18 year old yet, yeah, <laughs> but you know that light is always on. Good <laughs> luck. Anymore, but, <laughs> but
0: but you know what? The next time they berate you for your stance on on the environment, just remind them of I'm things gonna, like that. Keep
2: my on, mate. Yeah, and then you can talk to me if you turn it off. Yeah, he's not living at home now anyway. But he's not. You know, he's still. Possible.
1: Yeah. So I want to share a couple of comments here. But first, you mentioned drinking water. Uh, tomorrow we're publishing a really neat episode with a nonprofit called Filter of Hope, okay. and they've dedicated themselves to getting uh, these filters that can clean even the, the 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 toughest of waters around the world. And I can't remember some of the stats they shared of the the health problems and the deaths that are created from lack of of good drinking water. But I want to also, on a much much lighter note, we've got one quick follow up question from Corinne. But I want to, you know. On the front end, as we were talking, kind of our, our fun questions, Sandra. Uh, I really, when I first put that together, we were Greg and I were going to ask you about Oreos, but you probably yeah. get asked about Oreos all the time because no. of of sentiment oh. like Peter's. Can we all cheers and say Oreos rock? And because they truly do. And in, in our episode with Quentin, we talked quite a bit about Oreos.
2: Yeah,
1: but. What's your favorite? Do you? Do you uh, I know that healthy snacks is important too, but yeah. is there a favorite Oreo type that, that you have?
2: Oh, I like there are
1: Oreo types.
2: There are loads of Oreo types. Have you not? <laughs> did you not even know we had a Lady Gaga Oreo recently? Yes. Oh,
1: you're right. Different.
2: It was <laughs> but I know know
1: what? Yes.
2: normal ones, so standard Oreos I love, actually. I, really, do yeah. I do too. I do too. All
1: right. So we got to go back to work now. Corinne asks a great question here. So Corinne is with, uh, she leads our tech talk digital supply chain podcast. So she says many companies have narrowed their product portfolios to reduce complexity during the pandemic. Of course, we've all seen that. What are your thoughts on the timeline of a return to product innovations and new product introductions? And then as a quick follow-up, as consumers, anything else that we should might watch for in some of these sustainability initiatives?
2: yeah that's great thanks karen uh oh now you've taken the question off you'll have to remember it so we've also yes absolutely i think a lot of companies have looked at sku rationalization and we've done the same <coughs> what we haven't done interestingly enough is we haven't said no to new product in- innovations or you know renovations of current products we've said hmm. yes yeah, Yes, let's do those. But overall, we want to see a 25 percent reduction in SKUs, you know, um, which is huge. And it takes time to make that happen. But we haven't done it at the cost of product innovation and new products. If we need them, then we would do them. But it has to be we still have to attain that 25 percent. How do we reduce overall, which is a nice tension, actually, for our commercial side of the business? At one point, they wanted supply chain to manage that. And I made the point very clearly, it's not my baby, this one. You create them and you kill them. I just make them here. I really do just make them with my 54,000 people, whatever. You know? right. So I can't take the decision to rationalize that. And, and you need to own that in the business units. And that's that's been really, really good, actually. And the business units are, are seeing the benefit of doing that. So, yeah, we just haven't done it at the cost of. It's just that we haven't moved away from the 25% reduction and said it has to happen overall. And then what should you watch for in the sustainability initiative? Well, we're pushing hard, uh, in if it's Mondelez that you mean, then we're looking at wellness, and we're looking at that then means in terms of we're looking at at, um, what's, you know, making sure the products are exactly as we would want them to be in terms of empowering people to snack right and that we're doing it right in that way so a lot of work on making sure that we we're, we're creating those products that, that the consumer would want and then also on the packaging side you know we've made some commitments externally as well on recycling and plastic use and we've got to 2025 I think and we move to a, a whole new world on on what we do with plastics and become recyclable you know so that that we don't have anything that's that people wouldn't be able to, to not throw away, but to actually use again. Mm-hmm. And that's huge if you think of a lot of the CPG suppliers um, and manufacturers. So that's another one. We're also working on water, ma- making sure that we're we're minimising, particularly in water stressed areas. You know, how do we how do we make sure that we're we're doing the right thing in that space? And of course there's this the, the CO2 piece as well, that we're we're actually we're revising our targets at the moment to to say what's our commitments. We've already made a commitment anyway to be much less than the two percent. Yeah. I think we'll be below and we're not at one, but we're below the two. And we're looking at where does this take us to then for our 2030, 2040 view. Mm. But again, things that we know how to do, not not or aspirations that we believe we can fix in our lifetime not 2080 as you were saying greg you know because right. I, I don't know about you but i wouldn't be signing up for that because i'm just <laughs> blame somebody else you know or i can say whatever and walk away and that's not fair. right
1: yeah. so i'm gonna share a couple of comments and greg i'm gonna circle back to you and, and get your take on what yeah. sandra has shared uh azalea says agree with that sandra we reach so far to try and make change but positivity can be shared right where we are in everything we do. Excellent point there. Rhonda shares our sentiment. One wonderful message today from Sandra. She's a beautiful spirit speaking in an important language. How about oh, that? Oh, where would that comment go? Thank you. See, sometimes they come and go really quick here. Let me finish yeah. that.
0: I may have um, done that. Sorry. <laughs>
2: okay. Lots Did you of not cook- like it, Greg? I like it. <laughs> it's why really awesome. No, it's a <laughs> <Thank you>. <laughs>
1: <laughs> A lot of chefs in the kitchen. Glad yeah. to be listening. Good vibe, feelings for all. And yeah. then let's see here. Anna Mary. Great to see you, Anna Mary. Came in a little late. Had to check out a little early. But thank you, Supply Chain Now and Sandra for the content. Uh, so great to have you here, and and I'm not sure who typed this in our team, but we agree. You can really feel the authenticity and positivity. Such a lovely human, in addition to supply chain leader.
2: Thank excellent, you, excellent, oh, Peter. Do- I think I. So I was just going to say. Sorry, you go with Peter
1: No, go ahead. Uh, Peter just uh, loves your gluten free Oreos. So.
2: <laughs> yes, yes, they're just out, aren't they? They're not. They're not that long. And, and oh my goodness, the response we had from the gluten free or the allergy part was just brilliant. And you know, it shows you you can do something that you. It took us. It takes a while to get there, but gosh, what a brilliant thing to empower people to snack right. You know, this is where we go. Whoa, yeah, we're doing some good. Right. And to the comments about. I, don't, I, I think what we do and the, the functions that we're in are just magical. And if we can, and I think people are amazing. And if we go with the positive point of view that there's a positive intent in there, and of course it's not always that way, so I'm not naive, you know, and then I just decide to avoid that piece of it if I can, because it, if it doesn't serve me well, why am I bothering, you know? So I think that in that positivity piece, if you can't fix it, let it go. and Mm. and do what's right for you you know even if because they they talk about resiliency and they talk about you know excuse my language but shit happens so just accept that that happens and then okay how do you see the positive through it if there's a positive there's always a positive even in the darkest times there's always a positive through it and then don't listen the bit that's been really helpful for me if, if it helps people is um if something isn't making you feel good or something you're reading isn't making you feel positive don't read it don't mm-hmm. look for it because it's not, it's all about, you know, if you can just get your head to let me look positively rather than spend all the time in the, in that dark well of, you know, everything's going to go wrong Then of course it will. But yes. if you just look further forward, then, um, and why not?
1: You know, on, on a related note, I came across a German proverb earlier this week, fear makes the wolf bigger than he or she yeah. is. Yeah. And on a related note, you can get, we can get, in these mental traps sometimes and get outside of reality and make any problems or negativity wow. much bigger than what they are. So love what you're sharing, Sandra. Wow. Okay, Greg, I know you're dying to, uh, there's so I'm much. Dying. I'm about. dying
0: to get in here. Yes. The, so a couple things, um, a couple of tidbits of wisdom I've heard. One of them may have actually been a country song, but I'm sure they co-opted it from somewhere else. One is don't admire the problem. Right. Mm-hmm. We talk about that a lot in problem solving. But if you are if you're in an area of negativity, don't sit and admire the problem. Right. Move on. Yeah. If you're going through hell, keep on going.
2: Exactly. Because there's a, side, a bit on the other side. Whatever it is, it's going to be better than what you're in. Yeah. So, you that's know, right. I'm, I'm fully on to that one. You know.
0: And to go back to the point, this discipline that you all have instilled, Sandra, is something that I have been railing for and against in retail and brand brands for, well, we're limited to two decades, to around two decades. And that is this discipline of rationalizing SKUs, not, not as you say, not stopping innovation, but creating a trade-off that says, yeah. if we want this, then this has to go. As merchandisers, as merchants, as product placement, product uh, strategy people, we're terrible at at Getting rid of products that yeah. need to go away because it could come back. It could come back, yeah. right? It hasn't been. It hasn't been good. It's been at the bottom of our list for 27 years, but it could come back.
2: Yeah, and they do.
0: And now to have instilled they that know. discipline,
2: they just yeah. pop up, don't they? Like-
0: yeah. <laughs> to have instilled that discipline is important, and I yeah. think as much as it is skew rationalization, it at least stems the tide of skew proliferation, which has been a huge problem in retail with brands and with retailers themselves. Uh, for decades and we don't need 40 flavors of oreo frankly i'm i'm happy with one and i know you got a market to all yeah. all types of people and it's important for the growth of the of the company but that discipline is important and i hope that more companies hear what you said there you don't have to stop innovation no. to limit your your skew now, if,
2: if i made it sound too easy it's not because the be yeah the business units are all It's not what they really want to do because every SKU is their babies. So it's not easy to do at all. But I think and actually, you know, my boss Derek has has been absolutely resolute in this one and not. So I think you need to have all of the organization lined up to make it happen. Yeah. Don't stop innovating. You you don't. You keep in. Look at Lady Gaga came out while we were already reducing the number of SKUs we had. So you don't stop. If there's a really good reason to, to go there, and that was a reno- mm. that's almost a renovation, mm. but you don't allow them to you don't allow them to proliferate because I don't as a consumer I don't know about you I sometimes walk down I don't know which one to have you know there's too many I don't mean Oreos but I mean you know any product yeah how do I know, how can there be so many different types of ginger you know it makes no right olive
0: oil whatever yeah. or, right
2: well they're more expensive well do I need to am I kind of a consumer that needs to pay more for olive oil or which is it just cooking the pan, you know, sort of stuff.
0: Right. Does it need to be extra, extra version? Does it really need
2: to be that? Is it even?
0: Is it even extra, extra, right? But I think that, you know, that, what that creates though, is it creates an interaction because as you said, you don't own the product, but boy, can the supply chain organization provide a ton of data to allow a merchant or a product strategist to make a decision around a product. That interaction is so powerful, so powerful. Yeah. And I think that opens up that diversity of thought, even within the organization to, to share with one another and to identify the right things to get rid of and the right things to add. Okay.
1: Mm. All right. So we've got one more bucket to get to talent development. We're going to touch on that in just oh. a second, but I've got a question for you and Sandra, if you can't speak to this by, by all means, no, no worries, but Simon, you know, on any given day, in the last 20 days, the ever given captivated the world's attention, right? So Simon uh, poses this question, You know, were there any Mondelez supply chain impacts related to the Suez blockage? Anything you can share there?
2: Yeah, we, we've been fortunate, um, I think actually, as opposed wow. to others have been. We were monitoring it incredibly closely. Actually Quentin, who you know in, in my team, he was monitoring it through his team on the procurement piece in terms of supply. We haven't seen anything yet. But, of course, there's a ripple effect going through after the, the debacle that was that was poor Suez. You know, um, I really feel – and I hear it was human error, so that's even more disturbing, isn't it, really? Because they've, they've got processes and procedures to follow, so that's that's an interesting one for them to, to actually – And a
0: canal do. pilot. Yeah, on
2: the yeah. on the vessel right exactly. so you know, for i don't want to be on the other side of the table on that investigation but that's okay you know right. we haven't simon we haven't been not not yet but it can take a bit of time to ripple through obviously and it's more from the roars and packs piece that we were looking at because obviously that's a great quick route through to, to europe and vice versa you know but so far nothing that's that's come to my attention there may be some small pieces but nothing that's been serious enough to come up to to us, to me,
1: Thank you. I appreciate you and Simon. Yeah. Great question, Brent. Thanks for weighing in on that. Yeah. I want to share a couple of comments, and we're going to keep driving to talent. I want to share this, uh, Mahesh. Great to see you, Mahesh once again. He says discipline and character very important in a person. It helps us to achieve anything. I completely agree with you there. Mm-hmm. And Travis Turner is with us here today from Higher Dynamics. Great right, to see you, Travis. Going back to skew rationalization, he says it's the Chick Fil A concept with skew rationalization. They have a limited menu. Add something requires getting rid yeah. of something, and yeah. they do all right as a business. Last time I checked, I go, exactly,
2: <laughs> exactly. Less less choice, but better choices. Can yeah, yeah.
1: Exactly. All right. So let's talk about one of our favorite topics around here. Actually, all all, all these are, but you know, talent, 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 and you know, Sandra. In our prep call, you shared with me how you view senior, all supply chain practitioners, but you know, senior leaders. It's a responsibility when it comes to you know developing and, and grooming you know the next talents that come in and do even bigger things than we're doing now. So Sandra, speak a little bit about talent development. How how you view that?
2: Yeah, so I think it, I think it's a partnership. Actually, sometimes people will come in and say, "Develop me." And you're like, mm, that's not how it is. You've got to, you've got to want to go there yourself, you know. And I think it splits into you know, the work experience piece and then the personal development work because you can move job rotations, and we've got career roadmaps that we give to people, you know, in terms of where they can go and what they can do. That's the technical part. The bit that that people really have to to partner with is that that partnership on your your personal development, and, and it takes a long time. It's a really scary really scary place to go when you start going and looking at this because you have to face some demons of what you did well or what you didn't do well or, or what's actually been driving you and that that can be quite like whoa really am I am I and you're not there's no weirdness about it it's just once you know you can start doing something with it so I think it's a partnership don't come in to be developed join in and and look at how you think you need to develop and don't blame people it's it's not a it, this is it's just because you're not getting what you want if it's constant that you're not getting it, surely it's the you, not the environment, you know. And I've got, you know, people that you you know who they always blame the environment that they're in. And you go, it can't be four times out of four, it's got to be something around the development you need. And mm-hmm. and that for me is wonderful when you see people growing and just building their confidence to be able to try things differently. And I think really important that in that is having people who will tell you the honest. Yeah, in a caringly candid way, and I use that really carefully because lots of people think you need to be brutal. Yeah, you need to be caringly candid and then support people on the way. And I think if you can get to that place, you, then you can help people to continue to develop. And after a while, if they choose not to, then that's the choice they make because, again, it's it's choice. You, you choose to go there or you don't. And if you choose, I mean, if any of the people on this call choose, gosh, what courage you've got because it is hard to do and you have to face look in the mirror and just go yeah okay i'm not i'm not i'm not perfect i've got some stuff that i've really screwed up on and i've hurt some people so let me go and sort this out and also on the other side i've done really well and i've loved some you know lost some people and it's all worked but you've got to face into the other bit so Mm -hmm. talent management uh, talent development i think that you're right to call it talent development is about both sides the 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 work side and then the the how do you get stuff done? And do you care enough? You know, I do think that's coming out more and more and more because I know the leaders I've worked for that I've loved working for. They I feel the care. You know, I don't mean that they're looking after me or putting me in a nappy or you know, I don't mean that at all. But I mean, they they can see or they, they ask how do you how are you? And they really want to hear. It's not just tick the box and move on. And I know there there are people I've worked for that it's about the numbers. It's not about me. And then you can make a choice. Yeah. Mm.
1: Did you, did you say a nappy? Yeah. yeah. Nappy. yeah. There American she goes diaper. speaking a foreign language again. A diaper. <laughs> ah, gotcha. I'm a little bit slow sometimes.
2: <laughs> no, you're not. You don't use the word here at all, but <laughs> nappy is a UK. We we always use them. Um, love it. Yeah. So,
1: also love this comment here from our yeah. team. You've got 54,000 yeah. partnerships. That's
2: beautiful. Sandra. And that's, that's how I see it, you know? And I think also that, that piece about, um, I really do believe that, yes, to hard work and whatever, you get to where you are. But at the same time, you're just another you just another person just doing a different job. So why wouldn't you go and talk to other people who've had different knowledge or whatever? And yet they may be not at the same level as you or they may be higher than you, but they're still people. You We're know? all still doing the same things that people do. So there's a, there's a little bit of that in that too that I, I love just connecting with people.
1: Mm. Travis adds, "Very well put, Sandra. Talent, talent development is a partnership. It doesn't get more simple than that." Agreed, Travis. Good stuff there. And by the way, I should correct myself, uh, or I was corrected. Uh, this came from one of our, one of the participants, one of the community members, uh, oh, Kai, I, I believe, Kai, if I'm pronouncing that right. So, excellent point there. And Aaron uh, adds to that, uh, going something you said earlier: "Less choice, but better choice." Yeah. She loves that quote. All right. So Sandra, um, we're approaching the top of the hour. If I may, I don't want to put you on the spot. You got a couple extra minutes. we got a couple of questions. Oh, sure. Is that okay? I no, I've checked.
2: I have. Yeah.
0: Okay. I Alex, can I give you, I you know. a simple man's takeaway from what Sandra just yeah, said please. there? You know, when you talk about, when you think about talent development, I think, I think of, I have to think of things, Sandra, in very simple terms and some of what you said there, this is not the totality of it, but one of the things that really struck me is the associate has to come with the want to, And the management has to come with the how-to, right? Uh, In addition to the caring, of course. But Mm -hmm. if you think about it, if somebody comes to a company with the, I want to, I want to learn, I want to grow, I want to do, you know, I want to, I want to be better, whatever. I want to perform well. And management comes with the, here's how you do that. Here's how we break down barriers to allow you to do that. Here's how we teach you what you need to know to do that. I mean, that is just such a powerful and simplistic message. So I, I really appreciate you saying it that way. And that's kind of my interpretation of some of what you said there. Yeah.
2: Thank you.
0: No, I, I firmly believe in it. You know, I love
1: it. I love it. Um, David says different viewpoints are going to see different exactly. details. Yeah. Exactly. So if, if you could weigh in here, this is, this is a great question. And we've seen this for, for quite some time, especially as we've moved to the digital recruiting landscape, Right. I think I read somewhere uh, not too long ago that recruiters have seven seconds to review resumes just because yeah. of the plethora yeah. of them. That's right. So as Leah says, Hey, what do we do about job seekers trauma? It's real. I honestly feel I had it and it's a common thing. It, it's, I guess she's saying it's more common with this online process when it comes to recruiting. Any, Sandra, yeah. any, any comments or any challenges you'd like to pose to uh, all of our wonderful HR and talent leaders out there?
2: Yeah, I am. Um- i am sorry that you you felt that way as well, actually because that shouldn't be the experience, but I guess when you've got so many thousands of people at some point, I think my insight would be we need to make sure that we don't treat people like machines you know and and actually and i'm I'm not opening myself please please don't everybody do this but but you know one of the things that that works is that I've seen is um. Going in on that, rather than going to the recruiters, but going to the websites for companies and looking at those, you probably are more you're more likely to get a connection with that. And also, if you have people in the company uh, that you know or you're linked in with or whatever, then sending the resume, you know, the resume or CV or cover letter to them and asking them to forward it on your behalf into the company makes it more personal. Because I think you're right. I mean, I've had Calls with headhunters and and actually sometimes and I I had one recently that um, I wasn't absolutely clearly not interested in, but it was all wow you're going to earn more money and I said then you don't understand people. This isn't just about money, you know, and I thought, how do you know anyway? Because you don't know how much they earn, you know, (laughs) whatever. But you you then go, this is not about, you need to know the individual if you're going to make those kind of statements, particularly if you're knocking on the door of people, you know. So I think there is a, it it becomes like a routine if you're not careful. So I would find a different way. If you know a company whose values that you really appreciate and you think that would work with yours, then then either – find a way in through people that you know in that company or go to that website. Or if the worst comes to the worst and you, you see somebody who's more senior in that company, I've had people, please don't do this, but I've had people do this where they sent me their CV and, and cover letter and said, I'm really keen to work and I just don't know how to get there. And then I'll do, I can forward it for you, but I can't help you in the process. The process still needs to take place. But, you know, there's, a, you can, there's other ways around it versus... Versus that, I think, and and actually, if it does feel like it's a machine, maybe it's the wrong, right. wrong place to go, because then that's not about you, you know, mm. and what are you going to bring? And I, I really would absolutely say, make sure that you make the decision about working for the boss you're going to get, not the boss, because you'll be stuck with that boss, and if it's not the right person... You'll just leave again. And, um, and at some point that doesn't help your CV or your resume. Um, but I would you're you're as much part of that choice about where you go and what company and what people you work for.
1: So, Greg, I know you want to c- comment on that. I want to just add on that last thought that Sandra added. You know, for 20 years, we, we've tried through associations and, and what we've done here to connect people. Right. And we've uh, we, and we've all been there looking for that next opportunity. Right. But I think a really important thing, and, I, and I'm not throwing stones to anyone. I've spent time recruiting and I've spent time as a job seeker. But, you know, owning your job search, putting the time, investing into what those cover letters or resumes or what the outreach looks like, really customizing it. Yeah. You know, creating a short list of the companies that you really would love to work for and then tailoring that communication to them yeah. and not just to the HR and the talent teams, but to any other connections you can make on LinkedIn to see how you might can triangulate and get you're at bat. I think that's really important. And, and as Leah, Hey, I, I've all been there. We, we've all experienced that, yeah. uh, the black yeah. hole that sometimes can be, yeah. you know, the, um, recruiting process. So I feel your pain and, uh, we'll all try to break through together. Greg, what were you going to add to yeah, that?
2: You
0: said a lot of it and, and so did Sandra, but just again, some simple, some simple axioms don't earn your next job, network your way to your next job. And it, and you know, as so many people say, it's not what you know, it's who you know. And again, I will say this again: it's that's a hundred and eighty degrees wrong. It's not who you know; it's who knows you, and who knows the value that you can provide to an organization. So know people, and have those people that know you help you get to the next level.
2: And honestly, companies like um, like Mondelēz, any of the three companies I've worked for, Kimberly Clark, Mars, those kind of companies, we 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 want brilliant talent. So, um, you know, if you're brilliant talent or if you just, if you haven't been able to prove your brilliant talent, but I'm not going to turn away somebody because I just don't know them. I, I might not have a job at the moment, but I can put put that person into the machine, if that's the right word, which is not a machine because I've just said right. into a machine, but you can put it into the, into the and you don't endorse it because that's not, that's not fact. You don't know the person, but you can, it becomes a different, it becomes a human being that goes into the system. Yep rather than a name and a CV. And I think that's, that's hugely important because we want the how as well as the, the what, you know? Mm,
1: yeah. Well said. All right. So I, we're going to pose one more question to you here. We really appreciate your time and your flexibility and, and, l- as, as you see the messages, folks are just eating up what you're sharing with a spoon here today. Peter posed this question twice. I'm going to, uh, he, he's a. He he's really a, wants an answer <laughs> to this question. Right. So, and he's a wonderful uh, member of our community, wonderful uh, professional. So he's got a question as an executive VP. How do you go about identifying great thinkers within your organization to promote and move forward? Do you rely solely on senior management or take initiative from your level?
2: I'm not sure I fully understand the, the 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 piece around do I rely solely on senior management or take an, an initiative from my. It's not group.
0: much manage management more senior than you,
2: is there? Oh no, gosh, no. I mean, so, I, I love much as I love my boss. It's. I don't
0: mean old. But
2: yeah, no, no, I mean, no, 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 I know what you mean. Yeah, no, I, I don't. I don't rely on senior management at all. If anything, I mean that that's the last. That for me is more about the last tick in the box of is somebody just is the fit just right and is the CEO okay with it? You know, because most of the roles that you get are pretty like when Quentin came in as the CPO. You know, that's a huge job that sits in my org, obviously, but they're going to be interacting with the CEO and everyone else. So that's the last piece in it. Mm. I, I use. I use my own initiative or my own intuition with what I see, first of all. And if I think about the people who I've brought in, I've known them before they've come in or I've, or, or I've known about them before they've come in. So being educated in, you know, being clear about what you want and then being clear about who you know that could make that happen. And even if it means waiting for a while, I would just stick to your guns on that one and, and sort of do that so I think there's a, I think that's probably the key bit. I don't, and then my boss will tell me if he doesn't like them. Of course, but you know he's also very good at saying this is his point of view. You know, but it doesn't mean that you you don't do it because you might see something else that's in there. So I I I own I own the the positions and I own the people putting people into I own whether it works or not. You know, mm. in that partnership around talent development and so far. So far, it's been okay. But um, and in fact, out of my last job, one of my team was uh, promoted into to my role, and that's just like you want to hit the sky with that one and go, "Gosh!" Because he'd worked so hard and he did so well, and finally gets the recognition. But you've been part of that journey, you know. Mm. Um, which I think you you have to use your 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 intuition uh, as well as then ticking all the boxes on the, the technical stuff. If that mm. helps,
1: love that. So much, uh, so much to, to, to focus on here today. So much goodness, Sandra really appreciate all the time. Uh, you know, we've enjoyed each of your appearances here. You've been so gracious and, and clearly as you can see, it's not just me and Greg and our team. You see it in the comments, folks really appreciate where you come from and and how you deliver it and and just how open you are. So let's one final question. How can folks connect with, with Mondelez and, and you learn more about all the great things y'all got going on there.
2: Yeah, so I've just done me 10 things that a supply chain officer does. Did you not want to go on for another hour? Let's do,
0: do it. Know? Absolutely. Yeah. I'll take as much Sorry. time as we can no, get from know. it.
2: People yes, if, from you've got,
0: if you've got seven minutes or seven hours, we will take it. So please do, please Sue, share with the community what you would hope that they would take away from this.
2: Yeah. yeah. Well, and even if you're, if you're going into a chief supply chain officer job, the first thing I would do is, is work out or, or understand what you're walking into in terms of what is the supply chain definition in the company and does it meet your definition? So we have, we have all sorts of things like in my, in my organization, it's procurement, manufacturing, logistics, health and safety and quality and, and engineering. But in, in others, it's not. So know what you're walking into in terms of that definition, because sometimes the title can be, can be misleading. And also, it may be a different different view that people have of what they're going to get from the job. So I would definitely do that first. Know what you're walking into in terms of what the org is and how much freedom do you have within that org to do what you believe is, is important. Then when you're in, um, I would listen and talk to as many people as you can all over the place and say nothing, say nothing. It's really hard sometimes, but mm. just say nothing and just let it all go in because it might not be right but it's a point of view that you can work out what what actually is going on Uh, because what you'll get is everything's brilliant as, as you walk in you know what you might see as you listen and talk to people and hear is ah here's where I can make a difference here's where I can make a difference so you can really work out what what you can bring as a leader and as well as a supply chain professional to the game you know that's that's that would be the second thing i would say and the third one which is connected to that one would be and don't take everything at face value people will want to tell you how Brilliant it is and how brilliant they are, and they should be able to do that. And underneath it, there'll be some reds there that, that mm. actually are underneath the greens, and you need to know what the reds are because you then need to know this this could be another place where you can go and help fix it. And I I've had that experience time and time again where people tell you how brilliant it is, and you go, Yes, it is, and it's supply chain, so you're not going to be 100% brilliant because we're supply chain. So where do we go to fix the? How do we talk about the things that aren't working, and then how do we fix them? So that would be um, another one. And then when you know that, so you have to roll up your sleeves and find out stuff as well. You can't. It's not all going to come to you because it will be filtered, you know. So also know that and be conscious about the – Take away the filter, and you don't have to yeah. tell. people. you don't have to. You know, you're not. You're not doing the, the inquisition, but just gently asking those questions. You'll get so much. And then once you know that, I would set out the strategy of what you're what do you think you can deliver differently? So I know that from my predecessor, he and I, he's a great guy and we're very different so that you can see the differences that you can bring. Whilst respecting the past, which is hugely important because the past brought you to where it is now, how do you build on that? Because you're not there to tell people what was wrong. You're there to say, OK, this is brilliant. And then how do I fix these bits? Or how do I move into these pieces to continue the work that you've done? Great. And then how do we build on that as we move forward? Because otherwise you'll lose the team that were there before as well. And also there is some brilliant stuff that's gone on. So that would be another one. And then the as you've built your strategy out and understood what it is, you, can then, you organize and you measure to deliver it. So, what are the right measures? And it won't be the measures that you had before. And you may have tier one and tier two metrics, and the tier two or even tier three, and they feed up to those, I don't know, eight or ten that you want to be held accountable for. But you can feed those up to be able to to show progress. But you organize as well to make that happen, and you know, be be um caringly ruthless about the right people in in your team because you don't help anybody if you've got the wrong person in that job. You don't help the person in the job, their team, or even the, the wider organisation. So you can and that doesn't mean you fire people, you can just move them to where where they're better suited. And there's lots of that in in my experience that, that and people feel better because they almost breathe out when they realise they're in the right role. So the talent and making sure you can be caringly ruthless in a in a very nice way. I think is it then sets you up with the right team to be able to execute what you want to do on that, on that your strategy. And don't let them call supply chain a cost bucket. Amen. We are an enabler to top line and bottom line. So keep that in your head, unless you believe we're a cost bucket, and then of course you should just say we're a cost bucket, but let's keep communicating. That that last piece is keep communicating your view and your vision. And I always talk about the consumer and people go, Well, your supply chain. Yeah, but who are we making stuff for? You know, and who are all my team doing things for, you know? So actually making that that uh, bring, humanizing that is really, really important. And educating the world on the power that um, supply chain can bring if we're enabled and measured on all of the holistic metrics, I think will really make your life uh, just so much more fun, but also really, really rewarding. And that's what, and sometimes it's really hard because people want to take you back to show me the bottom line and you go, yes, I will. And that's the right of entry. But what about all this great work on service and quality and people and, cash and you know there's just so many other pieces that we do so that would be probably what I would say and then the final bit have the courage to say no if you Mm. don't really believe in it you know and you can say no very nicely but you can still say no that's I don't agree and then you have the conversation if you if you so certainly at the chief supply chain officer, you are just going to say, yes, that's not going to there'll be things you don't agree with. And that's OK constructively to put that on the table and just say, look, I'm not in that place at all. And you don't have to make it a fight. You Just declare where you are.
1: Mm. And, and I would add, you've got to say no, it's not even optional. No. right? If you, if you say yes to everything, you'll never get you'll never get anything it's, done it's, and, and you won't be served. Your team won't be well served. Yeah. So really, it's, it's a tough thing. Yeah. Speaking from personal experiences is, it it's is. Yeah. terribly difficult to say no. But yeah. so as you can see, we've got a lot of comments here. I like what Corinne says, buzzer beater. Thanks for the <laughs> list. Sandra, really appreciate that. Todd, thanks so much for your insight, positive outlook and taking time to share with us. Cause Tom, Todd, a great call out. Tom is our most valuable. And, and Sandra has given us well over an hour. So really do appreciate. Okay. And that was a, um pull the curtain back a little bit. Greg said, Hey, by the way, at, at, at 12th, uh, one at 1158 hey Sandra uh you want to put together a top 10 list if you would and, and gosh just like that <laughs> yeah so I love it uh Sandra um really appreciate so that magical question folks know plenty of your products but where can oh, yeah, folks sorry. go
2: Yeah. To-
1: <laughs> well,
2: sorry can- I, I wasn't avoiding it I promise <laughs> no, no, no. that
1: was good stuff that was I mean all of it has been but I appreciate you assembling that list yeah. Um, but how can folks learn a lot more about things maybe they don't even know yet about Mondelez?
2: Yeah, so we're, we're pretty much everywhere on LinkedIn. I would definitely connect with LinkedIn and our websites. Our website is normally pretty pretty up to date, and we have. I would go in on there, and, and again, just knowing knowing people in that organisation, you'll get a feel for what for who we are, and if you want to. You want to have a look at us, then you know we're always on the on the lookout for for talent. So don't be don't be shy about putting it forward. You know I think that would be. And we're, we're pretty good. Sometimes i mean we miss up, mess up, but we're pretty good at coming back even. Uh, and if I hear about it, it's like I've had people say, I just haven't heard anything. And I go, guys, can we just, <laughs> but please, I don't want to have 550,000.
1: <laughs> Applications <laughs> but, on your, yeah. t- more partnerships.
2: Yeah, if you go to the website first, then that's cool. You know, but, but we're out, we're, we're a lot in the media and we, we're we we're pretty, pretty open about what we do. Authentic, hopefully, in terms of mm. what we're going to do.
1: Well, you know, Sandra inspires all of us on so many different levels, but this was a key point that someone captured. And I'm, I'm not sure who this was, Clay or Amanda. She could let us know, keep communicating your vision. Even when you think no one's listening, even if you're exactly. on your 900th iteration, keep at it, persevere because yeah, exactly. because that's how you break through. So really appreciate sharing that and it's a great call out there
2: Just my one thing i'm sorry but you need to keep communicating because people have got so much information going on and and actually they may not hear it so i just keep i I got annoying ad nauseum around consumer at the center of what we do and what does that mean what ego this is what it means you know Mm. and you just you have to keep saying i don't mean strap lines because they have to be with integrity you know but um yeah you have to don't underestimate the power of communication Cause we do sometimes you know, and we have a lot of it, so you know make sure it's
1: targeted. Sorry, great no, no great point, especially in this remote environment you know whereby yeah. if, if if you got a hundred emails you know it's eight months ago, you might be getting you know ten thousand emails these days and, and to yeah. your point Sandra, you can get lost in the shuffle and exactly. and folks may not be disagreeing or even ignoring you they may not have ever gotten no. what you were communicating so no. um, yeah. Yeah. what a a wonderful well. 74 minutes spent <laughs> with the one and only Sandra McQuillan EVP and chief supply chain officer with Mondelez International. Sandra, thanks so much. Pleasure. We look forward to reconnecting over that pint again, again, again in person soon. And Greg, I don't want to steal our, our, our um, uh, sign off here.
0: What else would you share with Sandra? Thank you. I mean, I think you just laid out the keys to success, for the current and the next generation of chief supply chain officers, if you if you know nothing else, <laughs> as a chief supply chain officer, listen to the last ten minutes of this because that that is a powerful formula for success. Mm-hmm. So thank you very much. I don't know what else to say. I'm well,
2: thank you, Greg. I'm yeah.
0: dumbfounded, which is rare. So. Well, Sandra,
1: thanks so much. We look forward to reconnecting soon. This is this has been you know you always deliver. It's <laughs> one of those things we talk about. I think uh, several other handful of guests. It's always better than advertised. So have a wonderful uh, rest of your week. And we look forward to reconnecting soon with Sandra McQuillan, EVP and Chief Supply Chain Officer with Mondelez International. Thanks, Sandra.
2: Thank you, too. Great to talk to you both.
1: Yeah, likewise. Man, I mean, she's always on fire. But clearly, between our notes and and our commentary, what what we thought was really important that she shared. and, And, of course, all the great comments. I couldn't get to all of them. I'll tell you um one individual the same individual captured this and and two or three others this is I think it's Kai I think I've yeah, got his I think, name
0: I think maybe so but yeah sometimes LinkedIn blocks us from certain users for something yes
1: to Kai keep coming back and keep sharing all of y'all but but I loved your call outs here today and we had a bunch of a really good ones Enrique is with us leader mm. of Logistics with purpose and supply chain now in Espanol. It all comes down to communication, especially direct, old fashioned, human to human. Good point there. All right. So we're going to, I know we're over, folks. Thanks for for sticking with us. That was certainly well worth it. Big thanks to Sandra McQuillan for joining us today, especially with as much as as she and the team have going on. Several full plates, probably just out of view of our camera. Y'all check out supplychainnow.com. We're working really hard to serve as the voice of global supply chain, featuring leaders, no-nonsense, action-based leaders, just like Sandra McQuillan with Mondelēz. Greg, your last word before I sign off.
0: Gosh, there's just so much. Uh, first of all, I, I really do believe that what she gave in the last few minutes is a formula for success for any chief supply chain officer, frankly, any executive or leader. Um, needs to consider those things as they go forward. And I think about what the discussion we had just yesterday about Gardner. I'm thinking they must've just asked Sandra how, how to make chief <laughs> supply chain officers successful <laughs> because she just gave us seven of their 10, right? So um, obviously she's got her finger on the pulse of these things. I, I can't get over the fact that she's a very caring person. I don't know if you noticed, she called out everyone's name who asked her a question that caring is genuine. You know she is incredibly knowledgeable incredibly insightful she's got obviously got the supply chain gifts somehow managed to die, dodge the ever given bullet and you know there's just so much to learn here i don't know probably tell i'm struggling i don't know what else mm. there is to say except that she is the best chief supply chain officer i have ever met
1: mm. powerful words coming from the one and only greg white talking about the one and only sandra mcquillen so we are big fans, but but now in a live live manner, for those of you that haven't caught Sandra keynoting here or speaking there, or, or uh, you, know, you see why. I mean, it's right here. So thanks so much for joining us. Thanks so much for all the comments and interaction that really makes our day. Big thanks again to Sandra. Big thanks to the folks behind the scenes making it happen, uh, Amanda, Clay, and Allie. Thanks so much for all that y'all do. Greg, pleasure to do it. Hey, on behalf of our entire team here, everybody, hope this finds you well. Have a wonderful rest of your week. Hey, do good. Get forward. Be the change that's needed. Be just like Sandra McQuillan. And on that note, we'll see you next time here at Supply Chain Now. Thanks, everybody.
0: Thanks for being a part of our Supply Chain Now community. Check out all of our programming at supplychainnow.com and make sure you subscribe to Supply Chain Now anywhere you listen to podcasts. And follow us on Facebook, LinkedIn, Twitter, and Instagram. See you next time on Supply Chain Now.